We're driving 20 fucking hours to play three shows and then 20 hours home. Yep. Hey, welcome kids. Let's slap a number on this big bad whore. This is episode number 251. Uno. I knew it this time. Uno. Yeah, you knew it last week too. I got it. You knew yeah. this week. I'm week. in sync right now. I finally, a year and a half later, I got it. Nailed it. <laughs> we are boys and girls. Uh, thank you for joining us on Slappercast, our weekly podcast with blackguards. We are going, right now we're going west. We're on our way to a little place called Arizona. First stop is going to be in Chandler, Arizona. Or as Chad likes to call it, Chadler, Arizona. Nobody else calls it. We're going to play in a place called Good Time Charlie's. We're meeting young Heidi Riggs out there. And then um, Friday, we're going to play in um, Lake Havasu, which is not the birthplace, but the the rock birthplace of uh, young Turbo. And then uh, Saturday, we're going to play with... um, we're going to play at Bullhead at a place called Jerry's with Jeff Duncan on Saturday, Friday, Saturday, right? Yeah, Hardy, Hardyville Tavern. Hardyville Tavern. What did I say? Jerry's. Jerry's? Who's oh, Jerry's? Uh, yeah. Like the pizza place? No, the uh, Ben and Jerry's. Oh, yeah. No, there's a Jerry's Pizza. I think it's in Simi Valley or Thousand Oaks, California. That's what I was thinking. We should play there. Okay. Yeah. I'll call them right now. Yeah, we should play there. Oh, that's kind of like a landmark place, you know, for the... If it's got pizza, I'll, I'll, I'll make a mark on the land. Yeah, you know I'm a huge Strung Out fan, right? I talked about that. Who? The band Strung Out. You know, I got oh, their, strung out. their LP, the 25th anniversary. I shine a light on the song. Did you listen to the song? No, I never did. Do you listen to any of the songs no. I shine a light on? No. <laughs> I'm, I'm genuinely upset. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know, I don't listen to anything unless it's... Uh, like, recently... I This this happened... I'm glad you said that. Because this happened back in the 80s. Uh long before most of you were, were around. Um, this happened back in the 80s. There, there was a young fella by the name of Steve Harris, a decent bass player, decent band. And I, I used to think this was so weird. They asked him what music he listened to. He's from a band called Iron Maiden. By the way. Yeah. He said, well, I don't want, really like to listen to music because it influences how I write. And I've been on this little kick of writing stuff and I just, I find these little bits, these little just tiny fragments of DNA or just little stains of other songs that I've just heard and I can't help but lean into or not lean into that but just kind of take from that and I don't want to do that so I've been on a kick lately of not listening to and only uh, kind of listening to, to the stuff that I've written and so yeah so I, I don't and I, I'm, I'm, I'm nearly nearly afraid of new music all I heard was new songs. Yeah. I'm so excited right now. I'm sweating because you said new songs. I'm like, what's happening right now? Yeah. What are we with you? Why, why are you afraid of new music? Because I, I, I don't want to get into, I don't want to open up anything new and say, oh, I like that. And go on this kick where... Like sway into with that. Get distracted. Get, get, get distracted or taint the, yeah. the, the ideas that I have going right now. So there's a, a case in point. There was this little A minor... Uh, uh, progression thing that I had. Actually, I, I think I played it for you guys. I was uh, It's very Elvisy. It's very Mavericks. It's very kind of like rock, rock country or something. But it, it's one of these songs that's just very, uh, very. I, 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 I like to call them sticky. They're they're very very, just like a like a like an Elvis production or a, a big seventies production. I just have this thing in my head. I've been going back and forth on that. And then there was something that I overheard in a store, and it was a, it was kind of, and I was like, wait a minute, that sounds just like the thing I've been writing. And I, 
nearly dismantled it. I nearly started to go in a whole other direction because I was pushed, you know, not pushed, but you know, you just kind of get that. I did, well, what if I did this? And then you end up changing and losing everything that you did. <laughs> so, so I didn't do that. <laughs> I kept it. And is it ever when you change something and then you, you sort of let it go because now you don't like it? Maybe you write a riff. Oh man, this is awesome. This is cool. You're feeling it. And then you start to change it and then you're like, oh, I've lost it. I don't like it. And then it's gone. Yeah. All the time. That's how it used to be for years. Yeah. But the thing is, I would throw them out. I would get, to, I mean, just, so let's just say it's it, it's middle of the night writing something that I've recorded. I listen to it. Great. Wake up the next day. I fucking hate it. And I just so disappointed in myself that I erased it so I would never hear it again. Don't erase it. I know, but that's the thing. Send it to me. I'll, <laughs> hey, I'll, I'll erase it for you. Yeah. I'll hold it. Yeah. Why is that? What's the next morning? Like when you wake up, let's say like you, you play something. It's awesome. I love it. Got a good feeling. Whatever the feeling is. You wake up in the morning. Oh, I think this sucks. What do you think the reason is for that? Just, I, I know exactly what it is. You are, you just needed to get it out and then you're past it. What is that? So I go to bed and I think that's great. I love it. I like the tone, I like the tempo, I like blah, 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 all these ideas. Okay, that's great. Then I wake up the next day and I'm expecting it to be as fresh and as new. And it's it it's it's a letdown because it's not ever as good as you think it's going to be. Oh, man, I should have, the tone's wrong. No, nah, I should have done it like this. Instead of getting rid of it, you just put it to the side and learn to love it later. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I mean. What if you just didn't listen to it the next morning? Just hold off, wait a couple days. Think it would yeah, that would, that would be much better. But now, you see, now I don't throw it out. Now I keep it. Yeah, I keep everything. So, 2024. If you're if you're joining us for the first time here on Slappercast, welcome. We're glad you're here. But you may not know that uh, 2024 is going to be 2020. Those decades of uh, blackguards. We, we're wow. going to be 20 years old this year. And in fairness, too, that's freaking awesome. It's a big deal. Yeah. And in fairness to people that have stuck around as long as they have, and, you know, even people that stuck around for many, many years, I, you know, I owe it to them to at least come up with some something that's not shit, something that's not, you know, fucking every rose has its thorn or, you know, you, uh, you know, just, yeah. just, just shit, you know? So, so, I, yeah. <laughs> so and, and, you know, and I don't want to rewrite as much as I love Black Rose. I, I don't want to rewrite that song. Because it's been done. I want you to, you know, I want it to come up, with, but it's got to have our stamp on it. And, you know, I was talking about, you know, the, the, the DNA of other songs kind of creeping in, you know, these little hints, uh, you know, these colors from other areas. That, that's fine. But, again, I, I want it to be where it's going to be, a, 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 you know, it's going to be something that's 100% blackguards, which, again, is, you know, homage to the the players of, of, of yesterday and Especially today, you know, people are, you know, work their fucking ass off. We're driving 20 fucking hours to play three shows and then 20 hours home. Yep. You know, that definitely deserves more than a fucking drunk trailer. Who said that? The, the other, the other wonderful thing about what we have now is we have people that love to fucking rehearse and love to, you know, I mean, obviously jump the fucking van for 20 fucking hours one way. Huge. I want to say some of the people that don't get the experiences because I get to. I get to hear these riffs. I get to show up in the woodshed 
and you'll play something and we doodle around for a little bit on it. The next we tend to tangent all the time yeah. and we'll take off down different paths. But you know, I that's some of my favorite things that we do is is those little kind of it's all brand new. It's just being created. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, dude, this is awesome. That is my like, favorite thing. I'm just always. dump all of it out. Like you know, I'm like a kid. I'm like, give me all the candy. Yeah. You know, but it's just you know those. Man, I, I wish you know some of that stuff. It's like you know everybody could share. You know where it's yeah. it's, it's you know a little bit more of our our moment in that time. But you know, I don't know what I'm saying. I'm just I love that stuff. No, that's, I just think yeah. it's it's just it's really cool. Yeah, you, I, I think you stated it perfectly because we don't we don't go in there with hey we're gonna do something really fast today we're gonna do something really heavy or really really light or really predictable it's just it kind of just falls out but now we're in the position and again this is twenty years twenty years building to this is we're in a spot now to where it's a comfortable room it's we got great gear just putting the so my new my new guitar rig it's uh, if anybody wants to look it up it's called the Line Six. HX Stomp S-T-O-M-P So line 6 Line number 6 Capital H Capital X Stomp S-T-O-M-P XL And it's this tiny If you ever Have you ever smoked It's like a carton of fags That's not What you think But Carton of cigarettes Carton of smokes It's, it's that big And weighs About a pound Thank you Ken Newman And This thing has just got Every fucking sound In a no demand So that's helping to create now with better tones and better sound and you can have it all in the quiet this quiet it can be this quiet yet you have every single piece of sound that you want and you can add anything to it subtract anything from it and make it exactly how you want it to sound and and we have that all at the touch of a button without having to plug in walls of amps you know and you know anyway so on and on and on no backing tracks and straight here <laughs> just straight ahead our you know what we're feeling at that moment boom comes out that's yeah that's a that's a nice nice little thing you know nice little place to be so I love the rehearsals because we typically have like a general plan hey yeah. these are oh, a few yeah. things we're going to work on yeah and also depending if we're like how many days away we're from the next show or a tour we're practicing a little different you know we're doing things in preparation or hey this is our time to kind of create but I love how typically the beginning we tend to just wherever it sort of goes we just let it go it's just it's and, it, and then it just gets on a track like and then yeah. it, it's super fun right know? then of course things are occurring to us as we're there yeah oh you know we need to do that we need to do this yeah we just always find ourselves saying turn the bass up <laughs> See, no, yeah. nobody ever says that <laughs> hey Waxahachi that is Code ladies for uh, for grooming. What? Wax the hatchet. Oh, yeah. gotcha, I got that. Would, that did use. I, I miss those days. It's, it's just not necessary anymore. But in the early days, you were often telling me to turn up because Terry always wanted me to turn down, and you'd be looking at me from the other side of the stage like, turn, turn back up. <laughs> yeah, it's not too often I get told to turn up. Turn yeah. up. Okay. Yeah, no, you're actually. I've said it before. I've even said it live. I've said it on stage. Your your attention to detail. Volume-wise, is is commendable. We're lucky that we don't have that one speed. You know, we played with people before they, that they just play so loud that there's no there's no consideration for the size of the room or the proximity to the audience, and you end up just being, you know, just ruining the whole night because somebody can't, you know, 
when I played in the you know, more punk rock bands, it's more of one yeah. volume, right? Yeah. And so I actually, when I was in, living in Oregon playing a band, there was a, a guy I played with, a banjo player. And so he, we always struggled with the volume with him because he can just only come up so much. And he was the one who was constantly like, hey, you need to work on your overall volume. Yeah. I remember you telling me that. I remember, back this, then, this, I was like... This is not a lie. No, I, back then, I was like... Because right, I'm a big liar. Back, yeah. then, back then, it was. I was like... I just sort of resisted it. Like, I listened, but I was like, ah, oh, whatever, dude. You know, whatever, old man. You know, yeah. like, that's how... Because yeah, 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 I was yeah. like the young kid in the band. So I was like, whatever. Yeah. But then, it was like, oh, man, he was spot on. Like, he, he was right. You know, some settings were playing big shows, you know, you play big, and then some settings we're playing these intimate shows, you can't, dude, you gotta pull down. Because you gotta pull down. Yeah. So, but anyway. So was he playing with a, a banjo, was he playing it through a microphone? Microphone. Yeah, see, that's that's a kiss of death. Yeah. We, we, we played a show um, a few weeks back with the aforementioned Jeff Duncan. We sound checked, he brought his mandolin, and he, we sound checked the fiddle and the mandolin, everything sounded fine, but boy, when it got back into the live context where we're playing that live it was it was nowhere to be found that signal was gone and we run our own sound 90% of the time so it was uh, it was kind of nothing we could do about it so it ended up kind of just being alright live and learn but yeah. when you're playing with a microphone versus a pickup the pickup is going directly through the cable into the into the sound system or to an amp yeah but when you're doing a microphone you're, you're fucked the whole band, especially if you're playing with a drummer that's got, you know, uh, as a, as Davy Bryan would say, wrist of lead, or uh, wrist of steel, foot of lead. Foot of lead. Yes. Davy Bryan. I was so going to say that scene during this episode, too. Oh, there's it. So it's all yours. It's all no, yours. you did it. You're good. You're right. No, you're good. Let me also say, before I forget, I want to do this. Uh, I don't know if you can see this shirt. This shirt is in honor of uh, our, our, our good friend Brian. I wore this today because. Uh, Loxy's dad doing very well, but just had major surgery, so we're wearing the Moxie shirt for for Brian. So thrilled you're doing well, sir. Thank you. I know that's big, big, big deal. So he's an important man. We were all, yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. He's one of those guys that does the right thing. You know, like all the time. Yeah, you can always count. And you want to say who he is, or we just leave it. Brian is Boxy's dad. He's my father-in-law. You know, it's, you just I I tell people all the time. I'm I'm blessed for them. Like I got lucky because my in-laws are the coolest people. They always support, and he's just he's an idol of mine. Like he just like I said, he he does the right thing, and he's family first, and he's someone to be looked yeah. up to. So yeah, I'm glad he's back home and out of the hospital. And, and I know uh, Miss Moxie is very happy too. So good. It was a tough time for her. She's happy. That's good. That's good. Because I know it's a big deal. It I, you is. know, that, that letting you go, letting you, you know, letting you go out of the house for for five days. Yeah. Anyway, so we're, we're we're glad he's doing well. So Chad, early days. Can you remember? Can you remember off the top of your head worst places to play for sound? Early days of our shows. Yeah. Definitely. Well, the thing that always comes to mind is is the the second stage they built at Fidel, the, the the backstage that they built. Yeah, that was, that's always my first. Sorry, yeah. I don't mean to interrupt, but I mean that's my first. Just oh, it was awful because it was such a such a, a turnaround from from where we were normally there. 
that patio, if you go there now, where Fido used to be, I'm sure it's probably still there, that okay. stage that's in the middle of their beer garden, whatever that pub is called now, that's where the original stage was. That's where the patio used to end, like behind that stage. There was a brick wall that extended up like over your head level so you couldn't see beyond it. And behind there, there'd be parking stuff. So we, we were actually able to park. That would be a little backstage area. But the sound out there was always so great because you're not surrounded by walls on every side and there's no ceiling so there's not a bunch of sound slapping back at you and the worst material for that when that is happening is uh, brick (laughs) and so when they first built that backstage it was all wood and then they put brick against the back wall and also completely closed it off because it used to be open on the side it used to be wooden and then they just completely killed it they put rock all up the back back wall and they covered up the, the side where we can't see the alleyway anymore. That was one of the cool things about the backstage when they first built it is that people who were walking down uh, Lavaca uh, down the alley could hear us and they did they come into the pub from the alley entrance because they could see us on stage. And that was that was really fun. That's cool. But once they closed off the stage and put all that rock there, that stage became so punishingly loud we could not hear jack shit up there and it was torture compared to the other stage really we were all we'd always just be completely fucking ears just shot to hell we'd be bitchy and, and exhausted you know so that that was rough and any any situation like that where you're in a tight corner where you're surrounded like a low ceiling brick walls or glass you know glass windows are all those are those are the worst as well if you're surrounded by those and or like in a concrete floor uh, those are always terrible because glass windows versus you know like rubber windows. Those are the worst. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, yeah sorry. I, I mean, uh, yeah, glass window instead of a wall behind you. Yeah. That stage to me was only the worst because they had. So what Fado did was first thing they did was how cheap can we have it done? Hey, that guy down by the down at the end, the guys have been sucking beers down all day. He's you know yeah he's built a wall before. Really, have him do it. So they had some guy come in and do it. And it was going to be all right. Everything was going to be fine. Well, then they got slapped with a fine from the city because there was no wheelchair access. They had to have the guardrail. They had yeah. to have all... To me, it was it, it was only a disappointment. I didn't get... You know, the sound in the front was always good. And uh, that was my first time ever using in-ears back then. Uh, so so I, I kind of enjoyed the stage a little. But, 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 but. We went in at first and they were talking about this huge stage that they were making, which floor-wise, it was easily... Time one one and a half times the size of the middle area. Sure. So we were all excited. It's great. We finally have a. Well, that didn't end up being the case. Then this goofy handrail comes in the middle of it. They uh, and it it essentially took three quarters of the stage off. One quarter of the stage. Excuse me. Three quarters. Once you know, but it it did. It ruined the whole. Yeah. It ruined the acoustics of the. Oh yeah. The warmth of the stage is gone. So my bass amp would always be down around the corner, like behind yeah. where the ramp was. Uh-huh. Not only that, but I'd, every time I had to go back there, I'd be knocking my my elbow on the, on the you're bumping into that rail. You just yeah. Mentioned. And another disappointing stage was at Brian O'Neill's in the in the uh, Rice Village in Houston, Texas. We actually we went to see him when we were in Key West when we were playing down at Celtic Calc. Uh, Darren Nolan, he was the original manager of Brian O'Neill's back when they just, were just going to open. It was a, a sister store to a place called Connor O'Neill's out of Denver, Colorado. And uh, Darren was all excited about this new pub because we play the grand opening. Be great. We'll do this. And, okay, great. So we go down there and he's showing me where the stage is going to be. And I was just gobsmacked. I was like, wow, you're going to do this? Yes, this is going to be a huge stage. 
sound, everything, we're going to have everything. Well, typical Irish pub, then the bill comes in. So what ended up happening was we ended up getting basically like a, the worst waiters or waitresses section to play on, which was a very, very, so imagine a beer coaster and imagine, you know, they had just cut off and I think just tiny little from, from what, from what we were promised it was going to be with, with, you know, their own sound, their own sound mount, I mean, just pipe dream, just absolute unicorn shit. So they were, uh, we get in there and I remember, remember the first time we went in there and just sound checking they called the cops, the neighbors. And it never, ever, ever let up. The yeah. whole for our whole career playing at Ryan O'Neill's, which turned into the gorgeous gale or something horrific like that afterwards. Eventually just falling off the face of the earth, thankfully. Um, we could not go above vocal level. You couldn't have talk, go above talking level without the old lady down the street. Yeah. Calling the cops, but the the, the 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 scene that comes to mind is if you ever saw a Fish Called Wanda, is Michael Palin's character, and he was trying to kill the old lady. Yeah, and that's that's every time we went there, I had that scene or those scenes playing in my head, like just trying to get a, 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 a piano above her, her doorway to fall <laughs> when she come out. Oh, but it wasn't even the band; it was just we'd have the the, the cops called on us because it was all the, the people sitting outside. All the patio yeah. patrons. Yeah, I remember once I think a call came in and we hadn't even really. I think we just sound checked or something. No, I mean we'd be loading in and they yeah. get they get a call. <laughs> and they go, "Hey, we haven't started yet, motherfucker." Hey, you started your car? You're making too much noise. Yeah, we yeah. can still get pretty fucking loud there anyway. Oh yeah, but by the end of the night it was just because yeah. the whole the whole uh, of Rice Village was just screaming yeah. at that time. Right, Gentleman was in full swing. Baker Street across the way. Uh, Bronx Bar Bronx Bar and just all these places were just just lines yeah. out of the place you know it was just such a yeah. great great hangout for uh, the Rice College students as well yeah, it's or, not quite the same there anymore no no so good riddance I'd also like to say hey welcome to um, Mita's if you're if you ever if you ever find yourself in uh, Corsicana, Texas yeah this is a really good coffee cool little town too yeah nice little town very, uh, very quaint, very, tasty. very old time, old town America. So if you get a chance and you want to get you know, some really, really good coffee, Mita, hats off. We'll hat off later. All right, kids. Well, we're out in, uh, we're out in Arizona. We just crossed into Arizona a few minutes ago, and uh, this morning we got some horrible news about one Shane McGowan, poet, singer for the Pogues. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant man. Absolutely brilliant. And you know, he came home. Uh, I think it was last week or the week before. Came home from the hospital, big scare. But uh, looks like he wasn't ready, and uh, he was he uh, lost his life. So today is Thursday, November thirtieth. Thirtieth. Uh, yes. And uh, we're on our way to Chandler, Arizona, where we're going to play tonight. We're definitely going to dedicate some some uh, Pogue songs. We're going to play some extra Pogue songs tonight in his honor. Shame, as I joked many times, uh, without shame, I don't think I would have had a career, <laughs> or I would have been. It would have been a very short set list. So uh, shame was instrumental in the way I performed, the way I sang, the way I, you know, uh, big, big, big influence on uh, 
personally, I, I was back in eight. I want to say it was eighty six. 86, maybe 86 when I heard Rome saw me in the lash. My friend Stephen McGuinness from Ballybrack, County Dublin, Ireland, he uh, introduced me to that record. And we, we played Sick Bed of Cucullin, first track. And I'm remember, I'm into nothing but Iron Maiden, Black Sabbath, and Pain. So to hear Irish music played like that, and remember, then Lizzie had already done their whiskey in a jar and whatever, but, uh, and horse lips were around, of course. But, to hear it done with such brash, such a uh, 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 punk rock attack, but still so melodic and so the, the lyrics were so fierce, so uh, original. I've never heard that before. I've never heard anybody sing. So you dropped a button in the plate and spewed up in the church, Ireland, 1986. That shit wasn't gonna fly. It did. If I was a bet man, I, I would have bet it. So Shane at that moment had a grip on how I wanted to, to deliver music, you know, and Blackguards, just from my own personal standpoint, uh, Shane McGowan was absolutely instrumental in just about every every aspect of this band. Oh, my huge, huge, huge debt. So it's a big it's a big loss for me, personally. And uh, I know I know Tori Hoyseth when we ran into her, and she remember she said well she's still a young kid but she was a really young kid back then and she liked the pose and she liked that kind of music and I was looking at her going how the fuck that happened how did you you know aren't you into Britney Spears or something and I said nope so anyway it was just and it's always amazing to see I'm sure Chad will talk about this it's always amazing to meet people that are Pogue fans you know because it's, it's I know that you played a lot of Pogues back oh, yeah. in your, your old bands and whatnot. Chad, you hadn't even heard of the Pogues. Oh, I'd heard of them. I just had no objection about them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But well, that's what I mean. You yeah. were, yeah, so you were first. Just meeting you and watching you play solo was the beginning of that education. It's like, oh, that's the Pogues. Yeah. There's people out there that play what they like, and there's people out there that play what somebody else likes, and he played what he liked. Yeah. And he's a pioneer. You know, he's, yeah. he cleared the path for many people. Yeah. yeah, I'm still trying to process the news today, right? You know, yeah. it's like, you know, yeah. uh, expected, but, uh, man, I'm very grateful for everything that he did and for the industry and the genre. Yeah. You know, he's one of the greatest poets in rock as well. I mean, I really would put him up there with the best, like the Dylans and the, the Coens. And, yeah. You know. And Springsteen was a huge fan. Yeah. Uh, uh, Joe Summer was a huge fan. All these people that are just icons, you know, they all look to him. Um, just uh, Nick Cave. All these people look to Shane for, you know, that's the guy. And he was, and he was. And he, you can see, but you can see old punk rock videos where Shane's in the front row. Huge music fan, and uh, just uh, uh, you know, so and, 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 you can go on, go on gushing on about him all, all day, all night because he's because he's that brilliant. His. Uh, I, I, I got to see Shane McGowan at the Popes in Austin. Yeah. Rosola Rosa. And what year was that? Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And was that when you uh, started I, talking about going to Fidel the first time? You're like, man, I yeah. want to play here someday. Yes. Yeah. It must have been 2000 onwards because that's when they opened. Well, he was. they were touring on the Snake, yeah. so that's there. But I wish I could tell you. I wish I well, but well, I'm, I'm going to say exactly how he opened the show, and then we're going to bleep it because there's going to be too many people 
going to be offended by it. And it's uh, two words that I fucking detest. But he opened the show in Austin, Texas. First, uh, first thing out of his mouth. Are you ready to bleep? He said, I hope there's no <laughs> here. And I'm sat there going. And he did his laugh, right? right yeah. Yeah, the, <laughs> the, 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 the bird nerdy. Yeah. Yeah. And I just stood there. There's these two huge fucking Hispanic guys in front of me. I'm going, how's that? They're laughing. I'm going, okay. Jesus Christ, Shane. He wrote and he sang and he lived. You know, right or wrong. That's how he did it. And, you know. And that may we, but who knows what the content, that context may have been some conversation they had before they went on about racist attitudes in the, in the region or something. I mean, you never know. Yeah, of course, you, you don't know with him. that, yeah. But he is, yeah, he's, he's not Phil Anselmo from Pantera. Right. A great friend of his is a young fellow named Johnny Depp. He's an up-and-comer. You might hear him. Johnny Depp's stories, his shame stories, are just fucking epic. I mean, I, I, there's, there's stratospheric, monstrous, you know, worldly. It's just he and Shane shared... Many, 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 you know, a bottle of alcohol and discuss. And, and they're both excruciatingly deep thinkers. Yeah. Um, you know, his love for Shane, Johnny Depp's love for Shane comes through in his. Because I was like, nah, he's just, he's a poser. He wants to be. I, in, in my, you know, back in the day before I knew anything about uh, Johnny Depp, but he, yeah, I was thinking there's no way he's, but he's a, not only a fan, but a, 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 like a close friend yeah. of Shane's. And uh, to hear these stories, uh, there's a lot of them on YouTube. There's a lot that you can look up and just see it, but it really takes you into Shane's mind. And you never, you can't discount that guy. You can never just, as, as out of it as he looked or sounded, his mind was razor, razor sharp. Just, yeah. You know, may, it may have taken him a little bit longer than normal to get this, his thoughts out. You can tell he was yeah, all there. Yeah, but when he didn't have his teeth, it was hard to articulate. When he did have his teeth, it was hard to articulate because he had just got them, and he never really seemed very comfortable with them. But no contrabalance jokes here, right now. See, all right, we would have done it right. Yeah, I know, I know. But and this is actually this is quite fitting right here because when you look out of this this landscape, to me, this is this is Shane's, this is his palette. You know, he he come out here and I hit. He can give you. Ten albums just on, on, on what you see here. He's just just a, a master, master lyricist, like we said, poet. And, well, all, uh, the, all the folks are huge fans of the spaghetti westerns, and that's yeah. Sort of obviously, which they pay tribute to in a couple of their songs. Yeah, so yeah. Pistol, Pistol, Pistol with Jerry Garcia, yeah, yeah, Jerry, Jerry Garcia, Garcia. <laughs> Jerry Garcia, and then the uh, of course the boys of the county hell too. Yeah, and then of course the movie, yeah, uh, straight down, yeah. And uh, but then 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 you go into some summer of Siam and you're like, what the fuck did that come? Yeah. Where did that come from? It's just uh, just a a thing of beauty, and you never you can never point and shoot and hit a shame uh, target because they're everywhere. You know, it's just so vast and so brilliant. Uh, and, and that show in in uh, in Austin, this the performance was 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 out of this world. Let me back backtrack. So we're we're outside the, the venue, and there's all these rumors going around that Shane's not coming. He's, he's not feeling it tonight. Not showing up, which had happened a few shows uh, on the tour. And we're just like, fuck. So we're all standing outside, but the people are are you know 
getting phone calls and stuff, you know, like, is it happening? Is he? Yeah, he's here. No, he's not. He's not coming. And you just hear these things just bouncing through the crowd. So it was a, and I knew back then it was a, such a gift to be able to see him perform. You know, so when he showed up and he played that night and he put on the show that he put on, I, I just, just so thrilled, so, so amazed to be able to, to have seen that. I, yeah. I, 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 I cherish that. Was that were those two times we saw the Pogues? Was that the only time you saw? That was the only time I saw yeah. the Pogues, yeah. yeah. Houston and Austin, yeah. That was great that we were able to see both of those. Yeah. And, and again, he was spot on. Yeah. Didn't miss a fucking lyric. No. And he, you know, he, some of his banter, some of his, you know, just little things he'd drop in and out of the, you know, in between the songs be incoherent or something but man when he started to sing yeah you're, you're listening to the record yeah, absolutely oh my god and there was a rumor too that if he didn't show he didn't get paid for the tour that was the that, that, there was some kind of the, hey don't fuck around yeah thing you know but uh, he was just in great form yeah and it was such a you really you really felt like you were in the presence of greatness who you, you are yeah and those were both such great shows obviously the second one in Houston was better for us because it wasn't raining honestly we were yeah. way closer to the stage than we were yeah at uh, Stubbs where did you see him in Houston what was the place House of Blues House of yeah Blues. I think it was the first time I'd gone there oh that and it was cool. great uh, what was his name oh oh another him? guy who's no longer with us uh, Justin Jones Earl opened for him yeah uh, that was also amazing uh, god damn yeah, he, he was. Shane was very composed and relatively sober, like uh, for both of those shows, right up until like the last few songs. And then he, he was he had a bottle of James Center sand, I think. So and that that was more like what you would have expected. But yeah, he he did keep it together, <laughs> as you said, maybe because he was uh, mandated to. I don't know. Yeah, that was the rumor. So yeah, we're we're uh, like uh, Trevor said, it's uh, processing this today, and it's. Uh, you know, he, he definitely won't be forgotten. He's so yeah. beloved across this planet. And the music is so timeless. I, you know, that, that sometimes even feels shallow saying that because it's not enough. But his music is beyond. And Springsteen said it himself. He said this, you know, his... So one other thing, bouncing back to uh, to uh, to Shane. I remember one time him, him laughing, you know, doing, you know, doing the, the thing because... Uh, some of the critics had said, well, you just take Irish tunes and you put lyrics to them. Can't be that. And he's like, you fucking do it. <laughs> he was so, just, he didn't give a fuck, but at the same time, he was just like, you try it. And it's, yeah. it's not, it's not easy. No, there's nobody, I mean, there really is nobody else who even comes close to that. Yeah. I mean, it's just, so many bands have tried to imitate him and it's all, oh, drink, 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 yes. Guys don't, there's way more to this stuff than Listen, that. you're missing it. Yeah. They dress like pogues and they, you know, yeah. uh, have the bottle in their hand and the cigarette and they say, yeah, no. I remember one show we did in, in Houston and one of, the, one of the bands got up, but it wasn't an Irish, well, it might have been an Irish band. Irish band. They got up on the stage and the, the, I think it was a bass player, went out this summertime in Houston. It ain't it, it cold. And he came back out and he had, he had, uh, Chad glasses on, a cigarette in his mouth, unlit, and leather jacket. I'm going, fuck you. <laughs> it was him. And the, uh, I, I just, that's the, that's the stuff that you just never, ever see in the folks. The folks were not did what they were supposed to do and delivered. 
you know. And then, like you said, so many so many bands try try to do that. And they go, eh, yeah, I've, I've seen a picture of the Pogues. Shut up. So yeah, dude, innovators and imitators—they're the innovators. Yeah, you know, and, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, fucking scenery, isn't that beautiful? There's nothing determined. I fucking lived here. I don't care. It's <laughs> desert, man. Yeah, love it. Anyway, so uh, rest in peace, Shane. November 30th, 2023, sad day. And uh, yeah, you, you know, you made it to this time next month. You would have made it to his, uh, to his, to his birthday. Born on Christmas Day. Weird. So uh, maybe we'll we'll chuck uh, our uh, fairy tale of New York at the end of this. It's our little tribute to Shane McGowan. And of course, Kirsten McCall. Anyway, God bless you, Shane. Yeah, cheers. A special thanks. This is uh, this is Blackguards Arizona Bound. We're heading to uh, to Chandler, Arizona, right now. But we want to say a special thank you to Rochelle Fugate and to Greg Fugate and to Sharon Fugate in Austin. We want to say thank you very much. Look at this. Ah, brand fucking you. Look at that. Look at that. So cool. And this, my friends, this is metal. They know that we're going to break anything else. So thank you. Look at that. Ooh. Yeah. Look at that. Yeah. Look at that. Designed by Connor Devlin. Look at that. Hey, are we going to kill today? I think yeah. we are. Anybody killing? Who's going first? I am going to kill, and, and but just hear me out. <laughs> Some people Uh-oh. may have my head for this. There's a Johnny Mitchell song called River, but most people know it because of the first couple lines of the song, which is, it's coming on Christmas. We're cutting down trees. Singing about reindeer. That's usually all you hear because it's, I think it's been in a lot of commercials. And there's been a lot of really kind of shitty covers of it. So I'm not killing that song. I'm killing the shitty covers of it that you keep hearing in commercials because it's not really a Christmas song. If you listen to the whole song, it's it's breakup song. And it's like really only those couple of lines in the song have anything to do with Christmas. It's just about the setting of where she was when she wrote the song, I think. It kind of, every time I hear that, it just sounds like, uh, one of the, the covers I hear of it sound like people are just sleepwalking through the song. And I hate that kind of stuff. And, it annoys me the same way that uh, Lyle Lovett's uh, If I Had a Boat does. Oh. a boat, I go on the ocean. Save it about. Thank God. That's why I can't listen to people like Sarah McLaughlin or who, who, has, who has covered River, by the way. What? I just, it's not my thing, man. You just don't like puppies. I just can't, can't hang with it. I freaking love Sarah McLaughlin. So, Do you really? Absolutely. I think I freaking, I uh, highlighted one of her songs or did one of the songs, man. Yeah, I think you did, yeah. yeah. Sorry. You'll have the floor in a minute. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so, Anyway, so that song being used in, in commercials year after year around this time of year as if it's some kind of Christmas song, but it really, really isn't. Just stop abusing the song. Leave Joni Mitchell alone. And I'm, for Shine a Light, I'm probably going to do something. I probably, I'm, I probably have Shine a Light in this like at least three times on, on Slappercast already. Heading for the Light, George Harrison, Patrick quite rightly pointed out years ago that that should be a Christmas song. The chord progression. The chord progression, the melody, everything about it just sounds Christmassy, even though the lyrics don't really have anything to do with Christmas. It could be. I mean, he's heading for the light. He's talking, he's singing about God, basically, like George Harrison always did. He's actually Satan, but yeah. Okay. Beautiful song. I'd also like to point out Remember Christmas, also not really a Christmas song by Harry Nelson, but that's what they titled it because it kind of sounds Christmassy. Yeah. 
beautiful, beautiful song. And also, Every Day is Christmas Since You're Gone by Patrick Devlin, as performed by Blackers. It's a fucking brilliant song. Wow. Nobody talks about it, and y'all need to be fucking listening to it. So, nobody likes it. <laughs> so we can make more money off Spotify. <laughs> no, seriously, I fucking love that song, and it pisses me off that it doesn't get as anywhere near as much plays as our other stuff. There you wow. go. Very, very selfish uh, channel line. But... Uh, note to self, paid chat. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going next. The song that I'm going to kill, and I don't know who fucking did it worse, but everybody, everybody's done it worser. But the worst is just having that fucking, we wish you a Merry Christmas. It was, if you sat down with a kindergarten, uh, no, let's let's go, let, let's go earlier. So if you went, to, if you sat down with them, uh, let's say a fresh toddler, somebody that's just learned how to walk, they just got a few words together, that's what they'd fucking write. Uh, it's, it's, it's beyond, and I, 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 I like the sentiment of it. I, I, I do like Christmas. I don't, uh, you know, I, I don't hate Christmas, blah, blah, blah. I just hate that fucking, and the lyric, bring us some figgy bo- I don't want to ever hear in any context, in any situation, I don't want to hear figgy fucking pudding <laughs> anywhere, anytime. Time. And to put it in a fucking song, God fucking damn it, I hate it. I'll tell yeah. you what else I hate what, now that I'm pissed off. Everybody using the word super. Everybody's using the fucking word super for everything. I fucking hate the word super. It's not super. It's super it's annoying. above average. That's it. Yeah, I agree. It's, not, it's, it's so fucking overused. End of story. I hate I get, it. Every time I catch myself saying that, I say, no. Yeah, you should You should find yourself by yeah. punching the fucking balls every fucking time you do it. <laughs> fucking enough. All right. When's the last time I'm, I said super? Is it? Do I say it? I don't know. I don't now know. you got me going, oh, no. Do I say it all no, the time? No, I just... I, I, everywhere Who says I, super? It's something that is, that is go, bled over like a from general. younger generations. Uh, so I it's wa- a millennial thing. Yeah, and I'm watching watching some news program, and they go, "Yeah, you know, can you believe it's you know it's it's already this this year went super fast." I go, "No, it didn't go. It's the exact same fucking time. It's the exact same same amount of hours." So I got you. Fuck that. Anyway, that's the end. That's the end of that. Now the song that I'm going to shine light on is actually it's another Christmas song, but it's by the Pretenders, and this just came to me. I just fucking love that song, Two Thousand Miles." I think it's the most simple. You talk about Merry Christmas, wish you a Merry Christmas. Simple, yeah. Remedial, um, slow to remedial lyrics, yeah. But Chrissy Hind just fucking killed that song. Her voice on that song, if it doesn't make the hair stand up in your arms, then you got no hair in your arms. If it doesn't move you, then you're unmovable. That means you're probably fucking dead. It's just beautiful. I think her voice, and I think that song is so simple, but it's one of those beautifully complex, simple, not complex, but you know what I mean? It, it's got so much more weight than, right? And that song, like I said, this wasn't going to be the one I was going to shine light on today, but this ends up being the one just kind of crept in my head. And if you get a 12-string guitar and you, you know, just one person on its own could actually kill that song in a good way. That's my that's my shine light today. What's the name of the song again? 2,000 Miles. 2,000 Miles. 2,000 Miles. I'm going to look it up. You won't. You won't have a spike. <laughs> I will say this though: the one episode where you talked about like an underrated band, somebody who should be bigger, Space Hog. I I went through a lot of their yeah, stuff totally. after that because I was I was into that. Like when we did that, I go, oh man, that's because it's not just a song; it's you know an underrated band it's or old. artist. So I went, oh, you know, I was you kind of talked about it before, but I was really starting to listen to them a lot more. And more. 
I was really happy for them because uh, their song was featured prominently in the first trailer for Guardians of the Galaxy Three, which came out earlier this year. Oh, so nice! That, that was a big win for them. And again, I do, I not, I do not know, and I said this on the Stoppercast episode. From what I heard, they they were impossible to work with, meaning they they wanted everything solidly perfect. I don't know that to be fact. I just want to shine another light on that, saying I don't know that, but that's what I'd heard, and it kind of made sense because. When you hear the production value of their records, you know that they're not just going to go out and plug in and play. They're going to really give you a performance. So it was like, like something I heard about the band Weezer. Was yeah. like they were so detailed. They would be. They would get a song tracked at fifty-one tempo, and then they would go, "Nope, we're going to do it at 52. Like that's how detailed they were. And I was like, "Man, that's yeah. really dialing it down." Like, yeah, that's a band I haven't listened to in a long time. I should. I'm going to shine a light on. A record because it's one song. Ooh. Oh, okay. It's going to be. Uh, I'm still going to do this again because you know No Effects is doing their farewell tour. Yes. And so um, I've been listening to them a lot lately, and so I'm going to do their album called The Decline, and it's one song, the whole record, and it kind of starts off wow. just like Emerald, where it's got the hi hat kind of rolling through, and then uh, it takes off, but it's you know it's really one long song. I think the album is about 27 minutes or something. You know, it's. Cool. I think it's something like that, but. I think it's awesome. I think it's super cool, and people should check it out. I think the, What's the, it called again? The Decline. The Decline. The Decline by No Effects. I can't remember what year it came out. It's been a long time. Interesting. It's got to be 20 so, years ago. Okay, so it's like, it was released on the CD era, so it's just one yes. continuous thing? one continuous. Yeah. Yep. And so the CD was clear, you know, and then it had, like, the label on the middle section, you know, because the the, you didn't need the whole disc. So it was like a clear rim kind of on the CD. I thought it was oh, so yeah. neat. It had all the little differences that things were didn't really have. Did yet. it ever come out on vinyl? Oh, I think they. I think they just released it. I'm sure they did, but I think it's out because it's like a you know they're doing their farewell, so they're starting to. Well, can you fit the whole piece on one side of a record? Probably not, right? Uh, I'm not sure. Yeah. I think I've seen curious. a vinyl though for it, but that's why I asked because. Uh, there are some other bands that have done things like that. Jethro Tull's first one that comes to mind, I think, is a break, which is basically one long song, but it's split into two parts because they had to do it that way. Oh, huh. That's it. I'll look that up. Yeah. I will look that up. I'd like to find out. But, see, now I already forgot the guy's name. Who's the guy named that wrote the song that we were just talking about? No. Let me look it up. <laughs> What's the guy's name who did Jingle Bell Rock? It was in 1957. Bobby. Bobby Helms? 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 Is that what it was? So I'm killing Jingle Bell Rock since we're killing Christmas songs. That is definitely a kill. <laughs> That's a great song to kill. And so there's still a little battle with who actually wrote the song, or there's somebody else who's saying they composed it? The, yeah, the original guy, I, I will say, I do like the original, the actual original guy, the way that he sings it. The, the one thing I will say that I like about that song, sorry, yeah. I'm hijacking your You're fine, dude. <laughs> the way he sings Clock. Jingle yeah. around the clock. He, he kind of really gets his into it. Yeah, his enunciation around the way he says clock. I just say he was a good vocalist. Like I, I what, was he as good as Benny Mardonis? Uh, no, no, nobody's that good. Sorry, sorry. So the year to be alive be was 1956. No, that's it. The year to be alive is 1956. That was pre-Jingle Bell Rock. Yeah. That was the. That's when life was good, and then it just went to shit. That's my kill. Yeah. Jingle Bell Rock. Yeah, so by the, by the time this uh, this episode of Cybercast uh, number 251 comes out, we'll, we're going to have for you on blackguards.com, we're going to have our uh, itinerary for Ireland in 2024. Yeah. Dog, 
Dennis has knocked it out. He just killed this one. Yeah. And uh, we spent quite a bit of time going on, on the on the. I, I don't want to say anything because I, I, I want you to go check it out. But there are a couple of surprises on there, and there's uh, there's also stuff that we're not going to release right away. But we're going to just tell you. You know, it gets better every year, and this year is no different. But this might have jumped up quite a few notches, um, in my estimation. Yeah, I, I just so thrilled, and uh, Dennis has been so patient because uh, told him what we wanted, told him where we wanted, how many, and blah blah blah. And uh, obviously, it's what he does. But he's he's been so uh, just easy going, just uh, you know so fluid with with okay change this you know not this direction go this way and do this and he's every single whim he's jumped on goes, okay let's try that so Dennis needs to be commended thank you yeah what did you say the 10th annual the 20th year yeah 10th I mean, annual 20th year fucking big 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 deal milestone yeah uh, yeah, Dennis needs to be commended. Also, I just want to—I I, I sincerely—I I, know—I know—I speak for all of you when I say this, Heidi included. I'm just so grateful for just uh, the, the, the support that we've got. We were looking at the, the Spotify numbers, and ours are tremendous. Yeah. They're definitely not the numbers that you were looking at—that four or five million, you know, but uh, per month. But our our numbers are jumping up there. People have been checking out our music, out sharing our music, tuning in to Snapcast, sharing it. Just you know, especially for all the people that came to Ireland and are you know, thank you for for just for helping us do this. Yeah. This time of year, you really do you do look back. I know I do, and you kind of take stock of what you got. And I'm so fucking happy, so lucky to have what we have, and we're you know we're just yeah. going to keep improving on it. And you know, thanks for, thanks for taking that journey with us. Heck yeah, yeah. We, we certainly appreciate it. I'm in low power mode, so we should probably wrap this one up. Yes, that's a great idea. Slappercast 251. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers. It was Christmas Eve in the drunk tank. An old man said to me, Won't see another one. Then we sang a song The rare old mountain dew I turned my face away And dreamed about you But I'm the lucky one Came in 18 to 1 I've got a feeling This year's for me and you so happy Christmas I love you baby I can see a better time When all our dreams come true
finished playing They hung up for more Sinatra was swinging All the drunks they were singing We kissed on the corner And danced through the night The boys of the NYPD choir Were singing all the way And the bells were ringing out For Christmas Day Playing there almost dead And it's looking that bad You scumbag, you maggot Shit, shit, lousy faggot Happy Christmas, you're us I pray God it's our last The boys of the NYPD choir Were singing all the way And the bells were ringing out For Christmas Day Someone Well, so could anyone You took my dreams from me When I first found you I took them with me, babe I put them with my own Can't make it all alone I built my dreams around you The boys of the NYPD choir Still singing Galway Bay And the bells were ringing out For Christmas Day